two, Jeff Cameron Show, Redemption Thursday. Thanks for tuning to it. I'm Jeff. That is Tom. You're listening to 93.3 Real Talk Radio. You're watching on War Chant TV. Like and subscribe if that's you. Thanks so much for doing so. Appreciate you very much, in fact. Tonight, a game that could decide that somebody still has a chance to make the playoffs and have very little impact once they're in it. Or that it's time to uh, prepare your vacation and to look for a new coach, at least in the case of Minnesota. That would not be true in Pittsburgh, but it doesn't look like uh, Dalvin Cook will make his return tonight. That's good. But a game that really didn't seem to have much intrigue has twisted to a place where I think it does, if only because, again, all that I mentioned there, it's win or go home, really, for these two teams tonight. So I'm kind of curious, kind of curious. As for Florida State and recruiting, not much today. Obviously, every day I would invite you to go to warchant.com, check in on Michael Langston. Speaking of which, Tom, you told me before the show, it's a little get-together this evening to talk recruiting on Warchant TV. That is correct. It's going to be at 7 o'clock tonight. It is a live recruiting chat right here on Warchant TV. Uh, if you're new to Warchant TV, they do this all the time, and there will be a lot of Michael content, Michael-based content for recruiting, mm. analysis, and breakdowns. You won't be willy-nilly like mine yesterday. Well, you were definitive, but I, you know, I did have us. I mean, we locked it in, right? That turned out to be exactly what happened. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of gaslighting in general, <laughs> but uh, yesterday with the uh, recruiting, we we had a little bit of fun with it. Uh, Mike will have some of the real information. I'm just double checking that time. What do you mean right the now. real information? I felt pretty good about the where I was steering everybody yesterday. I still do, still I'm, do. I feel I'm like sure that's locked you, in. I'm sure you felt good about it. I think it's great. I think it's locked in. We got him. We got him. He had a good day here yesterday. It is seven o'clock tonight, right here on War Chant TV. So make sure to set a reminder. And there's more where that came from. They'll be doing some more after that, not just tonight. Oh, yeah, Monday night. Yeah, what I tell you, recruiting there's chat. more where that came from. Yeah, and then on Wednesday, uh, we can go full One on that. To, yeah, so 7 a.m. all the way through the show to, uh, on Wednesday and, and beyond. Yeah, eight. Yeah, we'll start at 8, uh, 7 Central, but uh, you must be on Central time. But, well, I uh, just wanted people to get their seats early. <laughs> that's right. Get locked in. Let's there's go. only a finite amount start of people who can watch this broadcast, yeah. so get in. That's not true. Uh, but uh, War Chant TV, Monday night for the pre-show, and then Wednesday is the big day, 8 a.m. through 3 p.m., if Mike has a presser at 3.05, we'll keep it live after that as well. Uh, but it's a one-stop shop. So if you join the War Chant National Signing Day Live, sponsored by ABC Fine Wine and Spirits, Boom. you will be where you need to be for us at 1 o'clock because it's all going to be in the same place. It'll be a fun day. That is going to be fun, and we are anxiously awaiting signing day. All jokes aside, it does matter greatly. Obviously, every recruiting class is important to your future success. We all know that as the lifeblood of how programs, uh, you know, the ebbs and flow of success or lack thereof, depending on the players, got to have good ones, and Florida State needs a lot of good ones and a lot of turnover and a lot of kids to be told, have a good day, hit that transfer portal, baby. You suck. Hit that portal. Go play elsewhere where your skills are requisite to the team name, say like uh, Marshall. So there, there was that. There's that. No, no, that's not an offense to Marshall. I'm just saying at different levels. So we need more of those guys to enter the portal. That you know what they've done a good job ever since they got rid of uh, Larry Culpepper over the Dr Pepper commercials. Have you seen the transfer portal one this season? Yeah, where the punter comes out and the other yeah, kid but goes the in. other kid's like, hey, my time is now. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> he just jumps in. in. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's well done. You know what else is happening right now? Uh, perhaps are we still on plane watch? I am. Let's see. I get any updates oh, here? Let's go. see. Let's get an update. On this the is happening for real. He is. He showed me the plane. Yeah. Well, the graphic of the plane. Yeah. 
well, you know, where they were at that exact yeah, moment. Yeah, it's the map. He's looking at, yeah, he's looking at the tracker. Let's see here. I'm checking the tracker. Oh, man. This is riveting. Come on, say it to the air. Uh, uh, I don't have, no. Renegade One is in the air. <laughs> before, Renegade One is in the air. Hey, before we went on the air just now, they had not left yet. Uh, you oh, know, goodness. what stinks about this is. How many things do you have to click through to get to the flight? No, I'm looking at estimated time of arrival. So they were going to be making their way back to Tallahassee at around 4 o'clock, but now it's later, so I don't know. I'll have to I'll, I'll refresh during the break, Tom. I'll get an update. Uh, I don't know. Hey, I understand why it would be delayed, negotiating terms, all that good stuff. In the interim, what ended up happening was uh, the whirlwind of emotions that people have when they attach themselves to an AD search and the live and die uh, aspect of that, I guess, is that uh, you hear that you got played, that you were used as, a, as leverage for negotiation, uh, and then you feel belittled, so you voice your concerns on Twitter or wherever, and you're angry about it. You're angry, angry, angry! Furious! I see Ryan is commenting with lemon. <laughs> that was process one. Yeah, that, that is was process, process one. one. So then, but then, but then, then you find out, oh, well, maybe, wait, hold on. Maybe my outrage was for not. Maybe I overreacted. Seems that he's not staying at Louisville as he's resigned his post at Louisville. Maybe he's coming to Florida State after all. I need to know answers. Who should I be outraged with? I think after the break is over, and it, we don't have to go anytime soon, but when you mm-hmm. get that information, we can bring back a, an old standby from the old days. It's update time for that ass. Oh, man, update time for that ass. We have not heard it in some time. Can I still hit it? It's update time for that ass. Oh, a little, it's little break. It's update time for that ass. It's update time for that ass. That's better. Yeah, that's better. I carried it. I carried it a little yeah. bit there. Yeah, that was fun. That was fun. I remember. Don't when try we that after too many single malts. <laughs> it becomes a very scratchy Tom Waits version of update time for that ass. It's yeah. update time for that ass. It's yeah. update time. <laughs> Would you want Thibodeau, Neil? Hutchinson, mm, or one of the others that are in contention, Derek Stingley Jr., people like, who do you want in Tampa? We won't have a shot at any of those guys. No. But uh, the reason I bring it up, I thought I'd tickle the fancy. The mocks are happening. The mocks are happening as we get closer to January. The mocks begin to spring forth. It's the season of the mock. Where we can have a blast making fun of all of this. Yeah, I gotta go grab uh, draft analysis. This is I, I never expected draft analysis. We're to not be gonna December. do it. We're not gonna do it. I'm just noting that I saw today. I just was hanging out, looking around. What do we got here? What do we got here? Oh, look at that! There's Chris Olave. Who's yep. he going to? Oh, this is a mock. That's right. Yeah, PFF says that Olave's coming to Tampa, so they can uh, jettison some of their receivers and save some money. Uh, good luck. Olave is yeah. going to go top seventeen. Not according to PFF. <laughs> PFF has him going in the high twenties, low thirties. Okay, all right. I'm there for that. I was surprised. Olave Maria. That's what uh, Berman would have called him. Do you feel like uh, somebody's going to go? You know, I have to have Malik Willis. The Bucks aren't. But do you think somebody's going to do that? And you're going to go what? Really, we're reaching for Malik Willis in the already, first round from Liberty? I already have. Watching the Syracuse-Liberty game and, and lead up to the Syracuse-Florida no, State game, no. I said, wait a minute. This is, no. And they put it on the bottom line that game that this is Mel Kuyper's number one quarterback at the time, no, number one dual-threat quarterback. 
I was like, what is this? The ghost of Brett Hundley is back? No. God, he can we... make really good throws, but I, okay. It's not like he lit up Syracuse's defense. It didn't light up much, much of anything. They were 7-5. and five. They weren't good. <laughs> good friend I'm, of mine used to say, I'm saying. I'm saying. I'm really looking for uh, Matt Corral to see where he goes. Somebody who's going to overextend themselves uh, for Matt Corral as well. Probably pick it, too. Big board. Yeah. We'll have plenty of time to get to that. Today's not the day, per se. Today's just, it's just something to note that the first of those are out there, and I started getting giddy going, oh, if one's out that, it means there'll be another 20 in the next three weeks because they all try to keep up with each other and one-up each other, and soon they'll start introducing imaginary trades. Yay, imaginary trades. Is there anything better? Then you get into the great debate about how that trade affects the rest of the draft, but it's all make-believe. The trade never happened. And it's an intense argument about why that trade made sense or didn't. Yeah, and there was a time, briefly albeit, in which these trades were introduced at other websites and media outlets, and and Kuyper and McShay said, we would never do that. That's ridiculous. As if mocking isn't already ridiculous after you get past, I don't know, pick 15. But then they did. They caved. The executives got to him. They said, we need trades. We got to have trades. Have you seen the traffic on Big Board 3.2? Yeah, and I would tell you right now that uh, if you... If you if this is what you had to do for a living, was to have a mock a hundred and something days out or two hundred days out from the draft, let's say, you would welcome the moment that your bosses said, "Hey, listen, if you guys want to work in some trades, oh, now we are all in on make believe. This is good. Now this is good. This I can do. This is a lot different. Now people know we are not even taking ourselves serious. If I tell you that the Dolphins have introduced a trade at pick 18 to swap out with a second rounder from Washington, now you know I'm full of – I mean, that's insane at that point. You're only just playing along because it's like this great make-believe they wanted soap Heineke. opera. Yeah. Can you believe it? <laughs> Taylor Heineke is a Miami Dolphin. I would take so much joy – and just bastardizing the process. They're like, all right, Cameron, you're, we're going to allow you one trade. You get now, now, make it realistic, please, as realistic as possible. Oh, both, sure, by all means. I would throw some crazy, and, and then you would all have to react. Like, here goes Cameron again. He's got Seattle drafting a kicker. And he's written a very long diatribe about why it was <laughs> yeah. necessary. And now I've got to counter this somehow. The Buccaneers have traded up to seven. Remember, New England got that from an earlier trade from McShay. Big trade. Yeah, big, big trade. with yeah. Chicago. Yeah, huge trade. So the Patriots pick from Chicago has now been traded to Tampa as Tom Brady is what a going move. back to New England <laughs> what a move. in exchange for Mac Jones, two first-round picks, and a defender. Uh I wanted to note something that happened, believe it or not, in the association last night, and it was that uh, Steph hit the requisite number of threes uh, to move on up the all-time list, right? And it's uh, he broke Ray Allen's NBA career three-point record. Did you know that? Yeah, I know he was trying to hit the 16 or 17 necessary in one game to get it done. That was an article that I, I saw Previous, yeah. For. He had yeah. six triples in their win over Portland at the Chase Center uh, last night, and he needs just 10 three-pointers to eclipse Allen in the NBA record books all time. Yeah, on down the list we go, right? So people noted that it won't last. And there has quietly been a transformation of what's possible in the NBA in, in regards to the three-point shot. But there is a better article, and that's why I won't dwell on this. I just want to point you towards it because I think it's fascinating, of how he was able to 
transform himself from an undersized guard that might be a nice player due to vision, intelligence, and all that into, uh, I think the article refers to him as an alien. I find all that fascinating in that in any sport, I don't, you don't even have to like the NBA or you could love it. It doesn't matter. What I'm saying is if when you find somebody who transcends the sport and changes the way the game is played and or practiced and or thought about in any sport, then you're lucky to have been living during that lifetime, right? It's when you get old and you reflect on the players that you saw, uh, who, who were the preternatural freaks? Who were the ones that changed the game forever? Or Corey what, Harris. Or what, or what were the rules that changed the game forever, right? And we, we our former place of employment, we frequently talked with um, a consultant. Yeah. Who he may have been the character who said, "I'm paying attention to you. Trust me." Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm listening to every word. I, but I he, but his argument, he was a uh, all things Philadelphia guy, was that Wilt Chamberlain was the more impactful athlete. Uh, as opposed to, say, Jordan or somebody else on that list because they actually had to change the rules because of Phil Chamberlain, right? And that's a, it's a compelling point. Right. We can go back through and talk yeah, about Tiger that. Woods, tiger-proofing. Like tiger-proofing yeah. courses, right. But I was thinking about it today with, with the Steph stuff that, you know, and this is in your lifetime, but in my lifetime, I watched it all happen with Magic Johnson and Michael Jordan, transformative players, those kinds of things, now Steph, and then... Go ahead. When you were first watching basketball, were three pointers allowed? Yes. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm, that wasn't even a well, joke. Well, Larry Bird was a very good, you know, BJ Armstrong yeah. with the Bulls and guys like that. Yeah, those were three point guys. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just wondering when the three pointer was actually instituted. It might because it could have been the 70s. I, I'm not even trying to be a jerk there. No, I <laughs> pull up when it was here. Here you go. I'll do it for you. Uh, I wanted to know when it was. Well, it's been moved. You know that. Oh, definitely. They need to be more aggressive about it now. 79, 80 season. Okay, so you know, so your it was the first rookie, NBA games. What was the rookie year for Larry Bird and Magic Johnson? Now, I didn't start. You got to remember, the NBA in the seventies was uh, a tape delayed league. People didn't watch it. Uh, there were it's well documented. It was a league of uh, a lot of drug addiction and a lot of uh, shakiness. Uh, it didn't take off. I mean, it's hard to imagine where the NBA is now compared to where it was in the seventies. So I didn't. It wasn't on my radar, on really basically, in a lot of ways, and this is also, you can find any number of documentaries that have pointed this out, in a lot of ways, Magic Johnson and Larry Bird, the, the rivalry, those two guys, those two dear, dear friends, as it turned out, saved the NBA in a lot of ways. I mean, there are other, you know, obviously more meaningful players uh, in the history of the game. Not many, but that is, you know, that did change things. And then, of course, it helped that not long after that, Michael Jordan came along and changed the game. But in my lifetime, and now I never thought after a long period of time, when you go through that stretch and you see a Shaq and then the comparisons of the greatest centers of all time, whether it be Kareem or Bill Russell or Wilt Chamberlain and all those guys, right? Like when you would hear those references, I certainly didn't see Bill Russell play, but I saw Kareem, obviously saw Shaq and going down the list. I would always think, oh, I wonder, you know, how good so-and-so would have been in this era, how you do that. But you know there's significance. I didn't think that you, post-Michael Jordan, I knew there'd be other great players who were like Michael Jordan and that he wasn't a freak in the sense that he was uh, physically different than some other great players. He was more intense. He was better at a lot of things. But, you know, I figured, okay, so seeing LeBron come along is not stunning. In a weird way, Steph is more stunning and impactful to the game of basketball than anybody post Mike, 
And that's really bizarre to think about. Yeah, I, I think KD, KD, and KD of and course Dirk, Dirk Nowitzki, yeah. the big men playing out on the perimeter changed the game yeah. that way. Yes, that changed positions, but but it, positions right. Well, but the shooting and Steph arrived at this at the right time too with analytics. Like if you if, so, if you timestamp it and say, why was he the right player for the right time? Because also teams are looking at what's the more valuable shot. The 18-footer, which was the lost art of the mid-range jumper, right, which right, right. was always the cliche on NBA and NBC when I was growing up. Like, that's what the game's about, the mid-range jumper. And people finally look at the numbers. They say, that's stupid. That's the worst shot you can take. It happens at the exact same time the Splash Brothers are being born out in Golden State. But in terms of the shooting prowess, the ability to make shots from anywhere on the floor, half court in, that just did not exist. It wasn't a thing. People didn't take the shots that Steph takes. They didn't. Because if you did, you'd get pinched. If you just come across the timeline and foist a three, sit your ass. What Have you lost your mind? But he makes an inordinate percentage of those shots. So he becomes unguardable because you can only extend so far without opening up other elements of the court. That's why it's a transcendent moment. It's a, He becomes this player that we've never seen before, so we got to witness it. And I just say, always appreciate when you see that. It's, it's true of any sport. When you see it in baseball, when you see it in football, where somebody comes along and you're like, that's different, it's never been done before, now players are going to emulate that, and you're going to see a sea change. You're going to see 20 years from this moment, uh, a bevy of kids coming out of college will be able to shoot like that. I'd never seen 28-3 to 3 before. You know, just amazing things. <laughs> Just wanted to take a shot at the Falcons. I don't know why. That's <laughs> weird. I like the Hawks work. fine. You know, they're, they're maybe I just stare at that. I'm like, eh. nobody has a problem with the Hawks. Nobody the Hawks, does. They've nobody been useless has a forever. And they got back to the good logo. Yeah. that one where it was like kind of gold and navy, and it made no, no sense. No, no. But it's hard to just. I mean, I don't. I'm not passionate about the Hawks. It's just an incredibly comfortable. It sweatshirt. looks great. It's a really comfortable yeah. sweatshirt. I know everybody complains on the uh, chat and stuff that about it's orange. I think it's, it's orange. not. It's red. It's red. There's nothing we could do about the lighting. That. Always would I wear garnet? It's red. It's weird. Yeah. You can't. Yeah, orange. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, it's orange. Chef Cameron Show ninety three three Real Talk Radio War Chant TV. Passion, drive, and patience—the formula for winning championships—is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back guaranteed because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply If you're newer to the program, you'll have no earthly idea why I'm about to read from this next story. If you have been a longtime listener to this show, you're smart, and you'll completely understand why I'm reading from this. Also, because it's a short segment, shortly thereafter, we will solve for the future with our friends from ISF. In the interim, I tell you about a dream, a dream that someday... I will be uh, one who stumbles across such a find. Of course, sometimes it's in reference to a very vital piece of history that is discovered at a garage sale in which somebody becomes an instant multimillionaire because they thought something was a little off about that painting. Turns out it is 
you know, a rare Van Gogh or something, right? And I've always, it's going to happen. I'm getting, now, see, you're going to think because I'm getting older, Jeff, you just started stopping into garage sales and the like or antique shops like old people admit it you've been tempted tend to do you've been i'm tempted. looking for the next great rare find i take a quick cursory glance see if anything stands out oh somebody has screwed around and dropped off a monet for three dollars yeah so you're, you're always looking for things like this if you if you're lucky right but this is even cooler when people stumble across this, like, hey, let's go to the river, Johnny. All right, a uh, day on the river would be a good time. We'll jump in the inner tube and grab us some cold ones. And, hey, what's that shining in the corner? It's Jimmy Hoffa. Now that would be a cool find. How can you recognize him from his skeleton? Just a hunch. We are in Jersey. A hoard of 5,600 silver coins from the Roman Empire dating back over 2,000 years has been found in a German river. Well, there it is. How about them apples? Look at this. The Augsburg Art Collection and Museum said in a statement the discovery was the largest such find in the southern German state of Bavaria. The silver coins minted in the Denari Roman currency were discovered in an old gravel riverbed near the location of what was once an old Roman military base. The coins weigh 33 pounds in total, were discovered during excavation work after floods in the small town of Wartok flushed them out. Statement said that the oldest of the coins were minted under Emperor Nero. Oh, my. A.D. 54. And the most recently minted under Septimius. You remember Septimius. Oh, how couldn't I? Shortly after A.D. 200. The coins are being analyzed at a university, according to the statement, nearby, a soldier earned between 375 and 500 denarii in the early 3rd century. The treasure, therefore, is the equivalent of about 11 to 15 annual salaries for the soldiers. The head of the city archaeology in Augsburg has quoted as saying, Augsburg's rich history just got richer. Again, the importance of Augsburg during the Roman times has been made abundantly clear, and this makes it even clearer. So apparently there are arguments about just how vital the area really was, Tom. Can you yes. imagine those elitist debates? Yes, this person is uh, really fighting for Augsburg the way that the Newport Beach people <laughs> fought for Newport Beach when we were in Newport Beach. You don't have to Beach. fight hard to convince somebody to live in Newport Beach. You just have to give them a salary right, that would yeah. allow them to live in Newport yeah. Beach. What is it? You just need something to do. Yeah, <laughs> because <laughs> Those two ladies who wanted to come on the show and talk to us about the benefits of living in Newport, I remember looking at one of them 30 seconds in going, no, I've been around. I Yeah. Are you going to pay me a million per? By all means, I'm moving to Newport Beach. Listen, you need to hear about Bentleys. They are amazing cars. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, archaeologists also discovered uh, coins mixed in Hadrian and Pius and Marcus Aurelius. There you go, Tom. Your favorite. The Butcher of Venice. As well as coins from the era of Lulianus was one, only an emperor for nine weeks before that guy was murdered. Nine weeks into his run, they said, we've had enough of you. We're going to call it a day. And they killed him. Previous ancient discoveries in the area have included weapons and other coins, as well as transport vessels. I think we should give our wealth back. I think we need to get rid of this one. <laughs> gotta go get the rid senators of this. are all saying, what is going on here? <laughs> This guy's going to die tomorrow. Uh, troops in the area back when they were uh, built up uh, during the infrastructure building, is uh, it is said that those were coins that were 
meant to pay them while they were, well, having a tough time digging. Oh, a lot of digging, Tom. I bet they got very little rest. Here's some coins. They were 33 pounds. How many coins were there, did you say? Uh, well, let me scroll back up Sorry. here to the top of the story. There were yeah, 33 pounds. It was at the very, very beginning you said like mm-hmm. the purse was found with... Uh, 5,600 on the oh nose. Oh, my goodness. 5,600 silver coins dating back over 2,000 years. So this one doesn't bother me as much as some of the others, and by bother I mean I'm just envious. I want to find such things. I've always wanted to. I'm forever just kind of looking around, much to the dismay of my family, when they glance over, what are you doing, Dad? Looking for old stuff. Don't worry about it. Swim on, children. I'm sure something valuable is under this rock right here. Oh, it's not. It's just a salamander. I'm telling you, you're going to be the one There's who... value in a salamander? There always is. Yeah. Look at them. <laughs> They're just pleasant. Look at those things. It's like, Snake hey... Snake lizard. We're getting to the part of the year where, where the old man, and, and that's yeah. ever becoming ever more present in me, mm-hmm. uh, the trees have lost their leaves. I'm about to see a cargo oh, in about two go, months. Here we I'm go. I'm about to see a cargo Here we go. the brown tree branches. Come in tomorrow on Alivations Friday, and we'll talk about the weather. It's the Jeff Carey Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. Irash Bell going to join us in about seven, eight minutes as the news is in. And a lot of people will be pleased. Still others will scream bloody murder. Uh, But this will be part of our solving for the future. Very good timing. It's almost like we planned it this way. How about that? An announcement made while we're on the show, which is always good. Again, we'll get into more details momentarily as uh, Irish Chappelle will join us to talk about the naming of Michael Alford as uh, the next athletic director at Florida State. Uh, he's going to want to do amazing things, just like you do. You have big visions and goals for the future. Work hard. You work very hard to move your agency forward while navigating all of the unique challenges, which are inherent in government operations. And ISF, our partner, is here on the Jeff Cameron Show. They understand that. They're an IT and strategy firm. Forty years they've served state and government and business clients, not just here locally in Tallahassee, but across the nation. They're experts in government processes. They have worked with government agencies across the country. They've had unmatched expertise in developing strategies. That's good. They help state governments solve the future through strategy, process, and technology. And uh, I think, you know, you can go back, you can read this stuff, go check them out, ISF.com. You can learn a lot more about what their clients do and what they use and what, what, what they rely on ISF for. But they certainly help advise, protect, and advance their business and technology objectives, and they help solve the future. That's why this segment is called that, ISF, solving the future for 40 years. Florida State will ask Michael Alford to do that. And we remember originally that... Uh, First time you may have heard his name was when Seminole Boosters, Inc., announced uh, that he was the organization's new CEO. That was dating back to, uh, I, th- I think that was July of 2020, Tom. And um, he served as Associate Vice President and Athletic Director at the University of Central Michigan. Uh, so he has athletic director experience, which I thought was vital 
to whomever came in here to be the AD, I wanted somebody who had experience making those kinds of decisions. Doesn't mean it will work out, doesn't mean it won't, but you want somebody who's had to pull the trigger on major decisions and be in charge and be responsible for the results, for the decision and the result. You wanted somebody to have to answer to that and know what that is, the weight of that, somebody who has a vision. And Alfred uh, was somebody who had to do that, as I mentioned, at the University of Central Michigan. Uh, he's a former student athlete to boot. Uh, obviously, that comes with it um, perspective, uh, an athlete's perspective. Uh, and, of course, he's had to be involved in fundraising in prior stops. Every athletic director does now. It's a vital part of what they do. But he did it uh, for Florida State uh, since 2020 as well. And uh, so it is that uh, he now becomes the athletic director. That would seem to me to mean that uh, Vincent Tyree decided to take a a run out of business opportunity because he resigned as athletic director at Louisville. How about Louisville today, just as an aside, losing their president and athletic director in one fell swoop? It's fascinating. That's been a busy day for them. And you think about, you know, you talked about the, the machinations that a coach would go through mentally for what's happening here in Tallahassee. Mm -hmm. How about if you're a coach or an administrator of any kind? You'd be the provost. And you'd yeah. be saying, what's going on here? Yeah, and uh, going back in, in terms of the resume, Alfred took over at Central Michigan after serving as a associate athletics director for administration, uh, administration and development uh, at the University of Oklahoma. Did that for five years, 2012-2017. He uh, is credited with planning and managing a $160 million end zone facility project, leading several capital campaigns, including one for a $7 million basketball performance center, which opened in 2018. He was a senior director for corporate partnerships and sales for the Dallas Cowboys. Did that from 08 through 2012. He was a GM of Crimson Tide Sports Marketing at the University of Alabama from 04 to 08. He worked for ESPN. He worked for Southern Cal. He worked for the Cincinnati Bengals. He worked for the University of Cincinnati. So that is the backdrop. That is the experience. He was a student athlete at Mississippi State University and the University of Alabama at Birmingham. So... Uh, just refreshing the resume for those that want to know what the experience level is, who he is, and, and how he got here. And we have received uh, the release from Florida State in our emails as well with uh, the proper, as you would say, introductions and quotes. We're so excited. I'm so thrilled. The typical things that you would see in a press release. Yep, so look at it right now. They were drafting, I guess, what, in the last hour or two? I'd, I'd want to know when they knew, and I guess we'll find out here pretty shortly when they hold a press conference. Well, when the plane then. didn't take off from Stewart, they <laughs> yeah, knew. Yeah, right, I'll tell you right. that much. Alfred's term will begin January the 3rd, and a national search will be launched for a new president and CEO of Seminole Boosters, although I think I know who that's going to be. We'll have that discussion later on. Yeah, hashtag grooming, right? <laughs> that's correct. Uh, I just went through the resume from the previous stops, so we got you caught up there. Um, not much more to say about it, but somebody familiar and intimate with the uh, the job at hand and the those that are in power or those that need to be replaced and or uh, boosted, given more responsibility, I think you could look at it a lot of different ways. So, um, you know, it's all right. There it is. Yeah, for me, I'd say, you know, the number one thing that I want 
no matter who was going to be the athletic director, to solve for the future, right? Mm-hmm. To solve for the future as ISF does for your business and your government organization today. Uh, I want shiny things. I want buildings. I want brick and mortar. Well, That's what tasked needs to get raising done. the money to do that. So yeah. he should have a head start to that end. Now, hopefully he can implement a greater vision in order to find more ways to generate more dollars, but that's what we need at this university right now. Well, that's you the expedite thing the process need. by hiring Alfred. Okay, that was the benefit of him being uh, named the AD, was that here's a guy that has already had to get a lay of the land to know who's who, what's what, what needs repair, what needs to be better, what needs to be more efficient, uh, ways in which to uh, obviously incorporate monies from a lot of the things that go on outside uh, let's say the football program or anything else. I mean, th- th- there are events that go on all over the state of Florida, and you can find out which ones are properly raising money, which ones lose money, and which ones need to be done away with, and which or what what you can do to add more. So, you know that I do think not unlike you talk about with a head coach in waiting, getting a lay of the land is never a bad thing. Let's bring in our own fell, who I imagine is grateful this is all over with and we don't have to plane watch or anything else. There you go. Ira, how are you, brother? I'm good, Jeff. How you doing, man? I'm good, man. So it's over. Alfred, who will have an intimate understanding of what needs to be done and who's who and what's what, right? So that's the direction they go. Yeah, I mean, look, you know, there were a lot of people uh, around the program and, uh, you know, supporters of the program who were, who were not happy that he didn't, he wasn't the first person offered the job. Uh, were the first person that they, they were going with. And, um, so, uh, you know, there's a lot of people. He's been here for a year and a half now. He's done a lot of really good things with Timo Boosters. Um, as you said, he's, he's very connected in college athletics. I mean, that was the one probably, um, uh, you know, thing we, people wondered about, uh, with, uh, the choice, if it was Vince Tyree, who, uh, we thought it was going to be, uh, that he didn't have quite as much experience in athletics. Michael Alford, Previously, he's worked at Oklahoma and Alabama, and he's been in college athletics for a long time. He's also been in pro pro sports, but he's been in college athletics a long time. Um, and he's been at Florida State for a year and a half, so he has the lay of the land. He's made a lot of connections, and a lot of donors um, really like him. And uh, so from that standpoint, it's not surprising. I mean, this is kind of the person a lot of people thought it was going to be in the first place. It's just kind of crazy how it came together here in the last couple of days. Yeah, and I'm just glad that the, the, the hiring process is over because uh, it does meet, at least personally, something that I wanted to see happen for whatever that is worth, not much. I, I, somebody who had had experience as a sitting AD, and he does. He does. He had to make big decisions to help push CMU into the future, and it worked out very, very well. Now, Florida State's a different animal, but you have to you have to be bold, and you have to have a vision, and you have to make decisions that you're accountable for when you sit in that seat, and he has done that. And like like you say, having a lay of the land. Uh, now that he has real power, it'll be interesting to see what kind of changes he wants to make because no doubt he's been assessing this whole time. Yeah, and I think that's where you, where you you know it's it's he was given a task when he came in as, as CEO of Seminole Boosters to kind of bring that organization into the tw- you know maybe into the 21st century or you know 20 you know I mean just to modernize it yeah. and, and uh, uh, he's done that and. Um, you know, at the same time, he's been working hand in hand with David Coburn uh, on some of the big picture things and decisions, and um, you know, and, and where the where the athletics department needs to go. He's been kind of the point person behind the renovations that they wanted to to do Campbell Stadium. He's been he was part of the process with David Coburn and John Thrasher getting that twenty million dollar uh, 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 I, I would say gift, but um, investment mm-hmm. from from uh, the city and the county. 
Um, so he's been a part of, since he's been here, he's been part of all these key uh, things that they've been working on. So, yeah, from that standpoint, it's definitely going to be seamless. And then, like you said, he has sit, sat in the big chair before, and he's also been you know, the number two or number three guy. He's been a high-ranking official um, at programs like Oklahoma and, and uh, Alabama. I think he was at Southern Cal. I mean, he's been at several uh, prestigious schools before. So, um, you know, he knows, he's very familiar, and he's been on national committees, and, you know, he's, you know, again, he's got, he's as connected with all of those kinds of people as you would want uh, your AD to be. Yeah, well, I mean, when you've had a glimpse of Alabama and Oklahoma, as well as the Dallas Cowboys, uh, yeah, you'd like to think that uh, what was gleaned was an awful lot of information about how the most successful operations in the sporting world work when they're when they're operating at peak efficiency, right? Now, getting there is a different matter, and there are always a different set of challenges every place you go to, but knowing what that looks like can be very important. Yeah, and I think the you know the 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 big I don't say question, but I think one of the things that it's going to be interesting to watch. I know you touched on it some on your show. Is just you know like any organization when you have new leadership, you know everybody has to see how they respond to that. And um, so you, now you have a lot of coaches who have a new boss. You have a lot of employees who have a new boss. And uh, so even though he he's been here and he's been here for a year and a half, uh, I don't think it's it, it could be seamless from the standpoint of him understanding the issues. Um, but he's going to have his own oh, yeah. direction of, of things he wants to do. And, and you know, frankly, some of the coaches, you know, it, it may not be what they want. I mean, you, th- there could be some um, a lot to unpack here over the next few months or the next year or so as everybody kind of figures out a new direction. But uh, as I you know talked about last week and we've been talking about throughout this whole process, at least there is a direction now. And they, they know where, uh, where the university, where the athletics department wants to go. And then it's it's up to everybody else whether they want to be part of that and whether or not he wants them to be part of that. Brother, I appreciate it. Uh, relax, if you will. Uh, I know you still have plenty of writing to do, but uh, we don't have to hunt down planes and have secret meetings. So uh, exactly. be good, brother. I'll talk to you later. See you, man. Yeah. That's irishfellwarchant.com. Uh, no, it, it's, uh, it's good that he got a chance to see what was working and what wasn't. Like Ira just alluded to, I think it's interesting. There are a lot of people who still remain nervous. There are some who feel really good about the relationship they've built with Michael Alford over the time of the last year and a half. There are others who think, oh boy, this is my final week. (laughs) And so you just don't know who and you don't know when. Uh, But you do know now that the responsibility shifts from solely raising money with the boosters and reaching out, shaking the right hands and ingratiating yourself to other forms of revenue streams and people that can help out with that to now I can execute a vision that I think any of these guys in that position have always had, especially if they dreamt to be back in the chair as an athletic director, which no doubt I think he did. I think, and it's speculative on my part, that you would come here to be head of the boosters while also taking a look at the situation at athletic director and recognize that you had a resume that was better than that of the existing athletic director, and you would say to yourself, well, that may work out in my favor. So surely he had an idea that at some point he might be in a position to do what has happened here today, which is take over as 
the athletic director at Florida State, which means that had he had such vision, which, again, I guess that he did, you would had to have had a plan in your mind of what you would do. Now, some of it you have to confront when you get here and find out what's working, what's efficient, what isn't. But the overall vision it was something that was brought on, I think, over the you know calculations that, that take place over years and years and years of, of working in the field and learning. Yeah, what gets interesting here is how the dynamics of some relationships are going to change. You're, you're talking about maybe personnel decisions, but it's very different to raise money for coaches than to dictate to coaches. Correct. So that's next, and those relationships are going to change fundamentally. Yes. Um, some for the better, some for the worse. Right. Now, if you're an optimist about this particular hire, you would say this is akin to Jimbo Fisher being a head coach and waiting uh, and forming relationships before he took over as, as the head man, and that's the way it's going to work here. As I said, just the number one thing for me, you got to get that football-only facility going. We have to see, you know, the shovels in the ground. Let's go. Start erecting that particular building. From there, there are some other things that we really want. Uh, more wants than needs, but a new baseball stadium would be nice in the near future. But you've got to secure a lot of money. And the great thing is that at this point, Alford has been exposed to everybody in the FSU community, including that NIL program, uh, former board of trustees and or boosters are forming up that program, as we talked about earlier in the week. So he understands the nature of that department. He understands the wing of the boosters. We'll see who the next head of the boosters is and if there'll be simpatico with Michael Alford. But then now he also understands the inner workings of that athletic department and he can fix it. Just go get me more money. Yeah. Let's get some nice things. And if you are the right guy or not the right guy, at least we got some things built because we've been waiting around too long for some of that stuff. Well, if it's a money-making operation, so you're building to make money, you're not building to build, you're building to make money, if that happens, then it will be successful. If the things that you're desiring come to pass, then it's a successful run because it means the money came from somewhere. So that that that's... Those two go hand in hand. The other thing is, we can get into this more next week, but yes, there'll be simpatico, whoever the head of the boosters is, Tom. <laughs> just a hunch. Uh, just a hunch. They're going to be solving for the future yes. of the boosters. Yeah, yeah. I, think, I think we you already, might already uh, have the answer. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I think we already have an answer there. The back they, of the textbook? They, they have to throw it out there, but yeah, I, I think that they have it. So, uh, oh, by the way, that was an extra long. There you go, ISF. Our partnership was a raging success today, uh, even more so than usual, which is hard to imagine. Uh, you can trust ISF to help realize your innovative vision. They focus expertise at the state level, helps you attain efficiency, productivity, and return on investment. Hey, everybody cares about ROI. We do, too. Today's a big day for that one. Go check them out, ISF.com, to learn more. We saying goodbye? No, we got a little bit more time. And you want to make a pick? We failed we, we the people yesterday. Oh, we did. Oh, in terms of wins, losses, yeah, I was gonna say we made a pick. It was just the wrong one. But, you know. Two random wrong ones. We sucked it up yesterday. <laughs> it was terrible. Well, you know what happened in Vancouver? They uh, they hired a new coach and they they rallied around their coach. Sons it, of bitches. Yeah, that's what I said. They ruined it for us. We thought we had ourselves a thing. All right, I don't know. Where do you want to go? You want to go money line on the Steelers and the Vikes? I. It's a toughie. Hey, Big Daddy, having some red rushes tonight? We'll know in about 47 seconds. Into an open wing. It's picked up by Dowdy, an empty net. He scores. Hot damn. Big Daddy's done it again. Red rushes all around, Teddy. All right, Big Daddy. Brought to you by our friends at North Florida Payroll Services, locally owned for nearly 15 years. Offering payroll and HR services, including full online applicant onboarding and integration into payroll. Save your company money and headaches today. Head to NorthFordaPayroll.com. Woo! That's a read, baby.
That's two days in a row. You caught me talking to Matthew yesterday because I thought you were going to go through that particular read in the 20, 30 second range, and it was 12. That was the get you some. I'm on it. Articulation. Uh, I don't have a, you know, what stinks is I don't have a hockey bet, which goes hand in hand with our Red Russians. But I can give you, I can give you Eastern Michigan plus 10 against Liberty. Oh, wow. I can give you that one. I feel pretty good about that one. Did Malik declare? Or is he playing? I don't think he's playing. Okay. I'm going to go ahead and jump on that plus 10, Tommy. All right. With uh, just under a minute to go, my recommendation is this. The last few times Tampa Bay and Toronto have played in the mm, NHL. That's a hell, of a, a hell of a match. A lot of blue and a lot of white. Mm-hmm. It looks like a practice is going on. It's going to be great. Yeah. Um, they usually, Vegas that is, overvalue the total. They don't value the defense in those games, and they put a, a total around seven or seven and a half goals. And it's always been a terrible line. You, you take the under, and yeah. you skate away happy. Mm-hmm. They finally figured it out. Mm-hmm. They've got the total at five and a half, and so I'm going the other way. I think it's an over tonight. Over five and a half goals in Toronto as the Lightning play the Maple Leafs. Over, what'd you say it was? Over five and a half. Over five and a half. Okay, yep. let's get it on, baby. All right, we had two. We had two. That feels good. Maybe a dose heart taste kind of night. Good work out of you. Good work, <laughs> Matthew. Be well, everybody. We'll Head talk to, to you tomorrow on Live Nations Friday. Go to warchant.com.